the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. You know I'm a bad girl. Do what I want, say what I like. Nobody can touch me. Trust me, I'm a bad girl. Get what I want, live in the life. Nobody can touch me. You know I'm a bad. Girl. Yeah, I'm a bad girl. Hour two of tonight's Andrea K. Show. I think I get a little badder in the second hour every night, right? Got to got to keep it serious in the open of the show in the first hour, right? Got to hit with the with the serious, and then we we can have a little bit more fun in the second hour. Although I did not expect to have quite the giggling meltdown in the first hour over the Joe. <laughs> oh my! I didn't expect to have that. Um, so yeah, we got some fun to share with you guys, including. A story uh, of somebody who rented an electric car for a four-day trip and what that experience was like. And it got me wondering, are there any of you out there that own an electric vehicle? Can you tell me? I don't. Be, I know you don't, my man. And I, I, don't, I don't personally know. I think I have one friend who owns an electric vehicle. And um, I don't know if she still does. She bought a Prius years ago. She loved it. Um, so I'm curious. Do you own an electric vehicle? Do you have plans to own an electric vehicle? Uh, let me know what your experience is. 888-344-1170. Um, we get, we know what the play is. They're intentionally jacking us. The war on energy started day one of his presidency, which is a war on the middle class. They are inflicting as much pain as they can on you. Trump predicted it. He said that, you know, um, I can't remember at what point of his presidency he was like, look, you know, I, I, you're only paying $2 at the pump now. It's like a tax refund for you, right? It's like a tax break. He says Joe Biden gets into office. I think this was the summer maybe before. We haven't even gotten to summer prices yet for gas in California. He said something like Joe Biden gets into office and you're going to be paying $7 a gallon of gas. And then they're going to be telling you to get rid of your cars. Boom. Is that not exactly what's been going on? Right. But it's not, and it's not just hurting people and drivers. It's also hurting every other business out there, right? That depends on people getting in the cars and coming in and shopping. Um, we've actually got an NBC clip here um, about Americans, and that sixty-four percent of Americans are making fewer grocery store trips. Because of gas prices. Uh, Skins, please play clip four. With inflation at a 40-year high, that means we're paying more for almost everything. Food is up more than 10% from last year. Housing, up 5.5%. You're paying 37% more for airfare. And gasoline, up a whopping 48.7%. AAA numbers show the national average at over $5 per gallon. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh can't go anywhere anymore. And many Americans are not. According to a recent poll, a majority of drivers are making fewer grocery store trips. More than a third are driving slower to conserve fuel. And one in five working from home or carpooling. It doesn't feel like there's any end in sight. So when will Americans start to see some relief? Experts say not for a few months at least. There's not going to be any relief. (laughs) 
Not at all. This is part of the plan. This is at li- literally what their plan was. As Obama said, uh, he would need energy prices to necessarily skyrocket. Yeah. This is about the Great Reset. Years ago, they when they, they started, I can't remember what it was called at that point in the Obama administration, um, but they were pushing, you know, remember, remember all of the, um, the it was the Wall Street bailout and the auto bailout, and then he had his big, um, which, and quite frankly, there was very little daylight between Obama's policies and Bush's policies, by the way, um, including the big spending. So Obama did his big green energy boondoggle spending bill for all those shovel-ready jobs. I mean, this has been the plan for a really long time. And Joe Biden started day one to do this and trying to and, and when NBC, here's what's interesting, though, when NBC, NBC is coming out and busting the Biden administration for this, they're ready to get rid of him. They just want to get through the midterms and somehow come up with a strategy. They don't want to they don't want to launch the presidential run right now when they've got midterms to contend with. And they've got a summer in which they've got an opportunity to pick off dopey Republicans like the 10 that signed on for this gun control crap. Right. So um, they need to get rid of Biden. They need to get rid of Biden. But but here's the thing, Skins, from a strategy standpoint. This is what all the Democrats want. So getting rid of Biden isn't going to change that. I, I, I think I think what they want to do is what they want to do is get rid of him, not because they they are actually worried about how the economy is they're not looking, they're not busting him because they're looking for a policy change. They're just looking for somebody who's better at selling it. That's really what's going on here. Um, One of the things that Biden bragged about recently with the economy is, oh, things are great. People have, people have less debt than they've ever had. And they've got more money in savings they've ever had. And Ford is investing in these electric vehicles. Well, of course, if you're Ford and you got some money to invest, you're looking at this and you're going, look, they're 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 waging a war on gasoline right now. If I want to be able to sell a product, I better start manufacturing an electric vehicle. They get it. They get it. That doesn't mean they they like it. Doesn't mean that's what they want to do. But they get it. I was gonna. I, I want to share this story of of a little road trip from somebody, Rachel Wolf, out of New Orleans, by the way. Um. She took a little road trip, a little four-day, 2,000-mile road trip from New Orleans, rented an electric vehicle, and said that she spent more time charging it <laughs> than she did sleeping. Before I get into this little story, though, I think I'm going to go to the phones. Tanny is on the line from San Diego and wants to weigh in on gas prices and the economy. Hey, Tanny, welcome to the Andrea K Show, or is it Tani? No, it's Camille. Uh, sorry, Tony. 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 Okay, it was neither yeah, Tani nor Tanny. Hey, listen, you know what? No one is mentioning this. I found, I had heard it from a friend, and then I, found, I I did a search on the web. And did you realize that our wonderful governor here in California, that he had also, there was an article written about him that he had said that, uh, I think it's during the summertime, that he was asking people with electrical cars to drive their cars less because it's going to affect our electrical grid. <laughs> That's so yeah. per- right. I mean, at the same time, they're pushing us. They're pushing electric vehicles. They, they, yeah. The problem with pushing the electric vehicles is that they use electricity. Right, Tony? Right. right. And, right. And, 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 and we're looking at a, a shortage of all kinds of supply going on right now. And we're looking at rolling blackouts and issues with our electric grid. How many seniors are going to die this summer because they're not they're going to be, you know, sweltering to death in a, in a blackout? Do you want yeah, to? Do you know anybody who drive? Do you know anybody who drives an electric vehicle? 
Uh, no, all my all my friends drive gas. Gas, you know, regular fuel. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. It, it, it's just so ironic. It's just ironic to me that you know, first they're killing us on the gas prices and everything else, and then they're gonna. I'm gonna laugh when I see these people who drive electrical cars. People all drive these Teslas around here in San Diego. Mm-hmm. That they're not gonna be able to charge their cars because it's gonna affect the electrical grid. Now, and but you were right. You were spot on. They're gonna, they're gonna take away our cars. Period. Take away our guns. Take away our cars. Take away our food. They're taking away everything. Taking away our jobs also. Oh, yeah. This is a full-on assault on every aspect of our life. And and it's like, I've got so many friends and family in full panic mode right now over money. And um, it's and it's really scary times. I'm glad as a Christian, I can look up and I know that that, uh, the Lord is in control, but it's really scary times. I got to ask you how these gas prices, have they affected you in any way? Do you change where you go, what you do? Oh, yeah. I, 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 I strategically shop. Like I just did my grocery shopping today. And so I just strategically shopping you know, if so I try and do it all in one day. But the other thing that people don't mention, what about these poor gig economy drivers, these people who do DoorDash, people yeah. who do uh, Lyft? How does their, their profit margin is just diminished quite a bit because of these gas prices? Nobody is talking about them. And then they want to get it. What is it, that uh, bill that came through? Was it Prop 22 or Prop 21? I can't remember which one it was. We voted on it, approved it, and so in favor of these, young, of these people who are driving for extra money. Uh, or unskilled labor or doing this kind of stuff. Nobody's talking about all this stuff. I mean, they are hitting it just, it's, it's so just beyond my imagination. Well, they went after here in, yeah, here in California, they waged a war against gig workers like Uber and Lyft because they didn't like the idea that this company, uh, taxis are overly regulated, right? The taxi industry. So here comes along this great, uh, you know, uh, idea in the capital system that worked so well. People using their own car and driving for an hour or two at night or however much they wanted or even full time. And people got a break and, you know, and so then the, you know, uh, they got to make extra money as independent contractors. And riders got to save money from taxis. And then, of course, you know, California here, they got to destroy it. They got to get in there. They got to tax it and regulate it and make them employees. And now you and you couldn't afford to take an Uber before the gas prices because in California, they removed them from being independent contractors. You add in the gas prices and then the increase, in which cost that with the shortages caused restaurant prices to go up. Who can afford food being delivered anymore or hopping in an Uber? I'm not taking an Uber anywhere. So then they all yep. hurt. Tony, thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you, Andrea. Thank you. All right, yeah, I mean, there's just so many different aspects. And another way in which they're going after our cars and to make us miserable is using the central planner out of Russia that learned in Moscow that they've hired out here in California. First, he was working for the state. Then Kevin Faulkner, the <clears throat> Republican mayor down here, hired him to work, I, I think, at Sandag. And he comes up with this plan and what they, what his big thing is to make you to, to try to force everybody onto bikes or to take buses or mass transit, take an area like they did up in the El Segundo area and that was six lanes and make them two lanes. Which, which, where people living in this area working downtown went from, uh, you know, half an hour commute to work to two hours, right? They tried, he was the same person who up in Mira Mesa went from a two lane road down to one. People couldn't even figure out how to pass each other and then these big bike lanes, right? And they finally, because people were like screaming and yelling about it, they pulled that back. But, there's so many different ways in which they're trying to change our society and our culture and try to move us to de- to urban areas to try to, you know, turn us into Stockholm, right? 
And that's not, you know, what our country was about. So quickly, let me tell you about this little road trip. Did you hear this story, Skins? I love a good road trip. When was all I? Oh, you just took a road trip recently. You did. Okay. Yeah, I'm all about the road trip. I'm not going to let Biden stop, at least not yet. Um, yeah, my son and I took a trip up to Vegas, not your typical trip. And there's a we're big into pro wrestling. And so there's a wrestling show up there. And we went to go enjoy that. Oh, my gosh. I look up on all the monitors. Frustration over new bike lanes. So now they've evidently tried the same kind of somehow road diet crap at University Heights. Um, well, when you guys did your road trip, did you think about renting an EV to save on the gas? No. Not at all. I mean, we rented a car because I didn't want to, you know, put my own, you know, the, the long trip, put my own car through it. But we rented a car, gas. I said, give me the most affordable gas car you can. 45 miles of the gallon. It was semi-affordable. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, why did you not consider an EV? I don't like them. Okay. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> I'd rather, honestly, Andrea, I would rather, in full disclosure, I would rather pay more and pay for gas because I don't think the electric vehicle is the solution. No, it's not, and I'm not going to support it in any way. And then you read this this uh, road trip article. This was on from last week, Fox Business. The headline says, I rented an electric car for a four-day road trip. I spent more time charging it than I did sleeping and spent $175 in charging cost. So, I mean, you know, so it's not as though you're not paying to charge these things along the way. So here's the story. Um, she thought it would be fun. Made long tri- road trips before. Um, in her 2008 Volkswagen Jetta and just figured driving the brand new Kia EV6 um, would be a piece of cake. She says, if that is the public charging infrastructure cooperated, we wouldn't be the first to test it. Sales of pure and hybrid plug-ins doubled in the U.S. last year to 656,866, over 4% of the total market. That's still, you know, nothing. Um, this is according to the database EV volumes. More than half of car buyers say they want their next car to be an EV. I don't. I have no interest. I don't. No interest either. No, I can't. You know, a friend from Louisiana was visiting and she was like, I, we, we can't go anywhere without bumping into one of these Teslas. What's up with the obsession? Um, I, I just think it's some cultural bragging thing here. Um, they aim to make the 2000 mile trip in just under four days. Um, so here's what happened. Oh, more of the plan. Given our battery range of up to 310 miles, she plotted a meticulous route, splitting their days into four chunks of roughly seven and a half hours each. Um, she said they would need to charge once or twice each day and plug in near our hotel, their hotel overnight. There's an app called the PlugShare app, a, which is a user-generated map of public chargers and, and shows thousands of charging options between New Orleans and Chicago. Most were classified as level two, requiring around eight hours for a full charge. And who has, again, as you talked about before the story who has that kind of time to charge especially when you're on a road trip to charge these things right what, what are you supposed to do she says while we'd be fine overnight we required fast chargers during the days charge point holdings inc which manufactures and maintains many fast charging stations promises an 80 percent charge in 20 to 30 minutes longer than stopping for gas but good for a bite or a bathroom break um, the article goes on to say the government is spending $5 billion to build a nationwide network of fast chargers, which means thousands more could soon be dotting the highways. For now, though, fast chargers tended to be located in parking lots of suburban shopping malls or tethered to gas stations or car dealerships. Cost uh, varies widely based on factors such as local electricity prices and charger demands. Charging at home tends to be cheaper than using a public charger, though some businesses offer free juice as as a perk to existing customers to entice 
uh, them to come inside. Over four days, she says they spent 175 on charging. We estimated the equivalent for gas would have been $275 based upon uh, AAA average national guy. That, um, she says, based on AAA average national gas price for May 19th, that $100 savings cost us many hours and waiting time. She was on know, to say. Free juice, I'm reconsidering. Yeah. <laughs> she says, but that's not the whole story. New Orleans, our starting point, has exactly zero fast chargers, according to PlugShare. As we set out, one of the closest is at Harley-Davidson dealership in Slidell. Shout out, Slidell High, where I went. About 40 miles away. Um, I mean, this, this is a long article, but I mean, basically... Um, Park West, let me tell you a little bit more. Park West Mobility Service hasn't seen this much demand for electric vehicles in five years. Um, so she, they're waiting around to get a charge, waiting around, waiting around because there's a waiting line because there's not enough charging stations in New Orleans. or And, and so they got to go to Slidell and there's a bunch of people waiting for that. So the, as they're ticking down and ticking down and ticking down, they're running. Are they going to you know completely run out while they're waiting? So anyway... The, the the long story is short is this. It's kind of a fun read um, in terms of, you know, and I and I encourage everybody to read it, uh, what they had to go through, because the time that they wasted having to try to find charging stations, trying to coordinate the wait time for the charging stations with meals, having to, I mean, the nightmare that this girl went through on a f- simple four-day little little road trip. Makes you not want to take a vacation. Well, no, it just goes to show that they are pushing, they are, they are doing everything that they can right now to try to force people out of their gas guzzling, get what they're calling the gas guzzling cars at a time when, when the Dow was down over 800 points again today. We are looking at the stock market being back to practically pre-Trump uh, all the gains that we made under the Trump administration are all but wiped out at this point. Uh, nobody can afford to pay for for grocery prices, but everybody's supposed to run out and get an electric vehicle, which, oh, by the way, there aren't enough chargers out there, still cost you money, and you won't even be able to get a charge necessarily because of concerns over the grid. That's the moral of this bedtime road trip story. So anyway, we're going to take a break. We come back. We've got, uh, did y'all hear about the, the this monkeypox situation? They're desperately trying to come up with a name change for it. <laughs> and who else came up with a name change for their restaurant in another country? More Andrea K. Show on its way. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. The Answer, San Diego. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea K. on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Um, I failed to mention last hour when I was talking about this gun control situation with the Republicans, 10 Republicans siding with the Democrats. I forgot to give a shout out to someone I'm not a fan of. It's Governor of Ohio, DeWine. Um, but he did uh, sign a, a law today or a bill. I'm not exactly sure you know, how, how, it was, how it was done legislatively and legally in the state of Ohio, but they have made it possible for teachers to carry in school, employees in school districts to carry, including teachers. So um, that's a win for safety for children. These Democrats are not about any safety for anybody. They're, they're about uh, the safety for them, right? They want to be surrounded by armed guards and big, fat, beautiful walls. They just don't want you to be, right? Um, you di- Who remembers this song? I love jingles. We don't do jingles anymore for commercials anymore, right? Who remembers this one? 
You deserve a break today. So get up and on your way to where? McRooskies? That's the old McDonald's jingle. You don't remember that jingle? I was never a big McDonald's fan growing up, honestly. So no, I don't. Well, I don't like the food. I didn't like it as a kid. I didn't. I've I've never been a fast food burger person. I don't even like In and Out. Um, the okay, only I I don't know if we can be friends. Yeah, the only the only fast food I ever liked was uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. All right. So when I was a kid, I never. So I I don't like McDonald's food. Their fries are good. Um, but you don't, but I'm talking about jingles. I used to love commercial jingles. You don't remember that one? You I deserve the a break. In-N-Out jingle. Yeah. I don't, In-N-Out doesn't have a jingle. Oh, oh, they still use it. How does In-N-Out have a jingle? In-N-Out, In-N-Out. That's what a hamburger is all about. Oh, and their fries are terrible. Oh, girl. Awful. Absolutely awful. You got to know, you got to know how to ask for them. Now, well, I ask for them well done, but you know, and I, and I know how to ask for all the different special things like grilled onions, but that didn't make the burgers any good. I'm not a fast food burger person, but anyway, I love this story because Mc, it's, it, uh, McDonald's came under a lot of pressure along with other companies in Russia, right? Cause Russia is so evil. So the American corporations were told you're not, you know, you shouldn't be doing any business over in Russia. So, uh, they tried to do like a, 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 a rebranding, if you will, kind of like Madonna used to do she's the queen of the rebrand right um although recently what she's done is just kind of creepy and weird looking but anyway so instead of just changing their name to mcrooskies um they they chose a name that translates to tasty tasty and that's it um it is now um it is now called vikushno and toshka instead of mcdonald's um, the, it's, they don't, they've gotten rid of some of the names of like, they don't have filet of fish anymore. They, they don't have, uh, the name Big Mac anymore. Um, so they reopened under <laughs> Vakushno and Toshka on uh, the reopenings took place on Russia day, a holiday, a holiday celebrating national pride. Look, I don't have, um, uh, uh, on Sunday, scores, according to the article, scores of people queued outside what was formerly McDonald's flagship restaurant in Pushkin Square, central Moscow. The outlet sported a new logo, a stylized burger with two fries, plus a slogan. The name changes. Love stays. Look, I don't have any problem with any company continuing to do business in Russia. You know, they are always pushing globalism, right? Global economy, right? Why would I have a problem? You know, this whole Russian-Ukraine war is is not it's not ours to win right and somebody posted the other day all these democrats and everybody pushing for ukraine and all having like the ukraine flag and their logo same people that you know also switch and alter alternate right now with the pride logo um as far as i can tell gay marriage is still illegal in ukraine so so many people hopping on this you know anti-russia pro-ukraine uh, trip don't really have any idea as to real politics going on over in Ukraine. Um, the article goes on to say that we need to avoid a drop in quality so that everything stays as it was, as though McDonald's is really <laughs> Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, right? Um, but anyway, I say good for them over there. Um, you know, they uh, they're keeping the meat flurry. All right. Um, speaking of a name change. The White House is considering renaming monkeypox over concerns of the label's stigma. Um, can you help me to understand, Skins, why there would be any stigma with naming this uh, infection um, monkeypox since it was named after actual monkeys? 
Yeah, I, I read this today and was 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 scratching my head. It's it, it's kind of it's nonsensical. Yeah, this according to Newsmax, the World Health Organization is considering renaming. So it's not the White House; it's the WHO is considering. Re, what's the difference though between the World Health Organization and the Biden White House? The World Health Organization is considering renaming the monkeypox virus after a group of scientists from Africa. Oh, so it's some scientists from Af- Africa that are saying there's an urgent need, an urgent need. What, we got 400 cases around the world at this point. There's an urgent need to replace the, quote, discriminatory and stigmatizing label. Reports Bloomberg, quote, in the context of the current global outbreak, continued reference to and nomenclature of this virus being African is not only inaccurate, but is also discriminatory and stigmatizing. What is the, the name? I was calling it monkeypox. Make it make it seem like it's African. Right. If it, the article goes on to say, if SARS-CoV-2, for instance, was not named the Wuhan virus, then the question is, why do we have a virus or clay named after a specific geographical location in Africa. Is monkeypox a location? Can, uh, last time I checked, there is no location called monkey or monkeypox. Can you find that on, on a globe for me, please? Why do we have a virus or clay named after a specific geographical location in Africa and then by extension that extends to the people in the, those areas? Oh, so now we get it. Somehow calling it monkeypox refers to a group of people in Africa? Connect those dots for me. Wow, the logic here is really bad. Well, it's just typical. This is just an example of how the cultural Marxist movement is so deep and so global. There's absolutely nothing about this disease being called monkeypox, which comes from monkeys, that has anything to do with being discriminatory. It accurately describes where it comes from the, it actually it, it's like the bird flu, right? It's called the bird flu. The swine flu came from pigs, right? But oh, by the way, if this is referring, let, let me ask you that. I think I mentioned this to you before the show. Are these not the same people trying to tell us that, you know, we weren't created by God, that uh, that we are all, uh, you know, uh, evolved from monkeys? So what's the problem here? What's the problem? I don't get it. If we I have to go by. Just like I don't get you that you don't like in and out. Right. What? Now it's racist. I've uh, who who said this? Uh, who was this person? Uh, some some African scientist. Happy his name. He expressed anger at the way the outbreak is being portrayed in the mainstream media. Some news outlets have included photos of African children with monkeypox lesions. So, aren't you trying to give an accurate description of what the disease does? We find that very discriminatory. How is it discriminatory? It's fact based. This is what it looks like. We find that very stigmatizing, and to some extent, I find it very racist. The mainstream media, instead of showing pictures of people that are presented with the lesions, which are white men, they keep putting forward pictures of children in Africa and Africans, and there's no connection. Yeah, there is a connection. This is what it looks like when it presents. I don't care who's got it on them. And we have seen pictures have been produced of some of the latest uh, we have. people getting here. I mean, if anybody should be worried about it being stigmatized, it's the fact that so many of the young men getting it got it through gay sex and it's not a sexually transmitted disease it's just that it takes close contact and that's just really where it started spreading that's just the community it's that it started spreading i mean if we had some disease that was spread through you know sorority houses at lsu when i was there we'd be like well, yeah we've got we've got an outbreak of mono or an outbreak of you know meningitis going on in you know the greek you know population it started here with this person, brought it home from somewhere, and it spread because you, you know, I was always sick when I was in the sorority because it's like you're in close quarters, right? And you, you know, you're, 
you know, close quarters and you've got the kitchen there and the dining room there and sharing a group shower. And, you know, I wouldn't be like hysterical. This is just um, just this is just the extent of which everything has to be politicized. Everything the narrative has to be constantly pushed out no matter what that the greatest threat to mankind across the world right now is white supremacy and discrimination. And it's just absolutely not true. And we got to be pushing back everywhere we can. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back, we're going to share with you, speaking of uh, discrimination and pushing out a false narrative about white supremacy. We've got a story to tell you guys out of Ohio about a young man who was brutally murdered. And there's a reason why that story is not uh, being shown by the legacy media. Stay tuned. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. During the break, Skins and I were having a discussion about burgers and um, the best burger out there. If you're in San Diego, what's, what do you think is the best burger in San Diego? Now, I'm a huge In-N-Out fan, but if I have to say favorite burger in San Diego, it's the one I mentioned to you during the break. I would say my favorite San Diego burger is a Hodad's burger. Hodad's is great. I used to love Barefoot Burger down in PB back in the day. Back Still in around? the back in no back there now and uh, Roberto's I think Roberto's. Uh, I loved backyard burger because they were thick, cheddar cheese. I don't like a, I don't, I'm not into the little thin patty. Eight 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 three four four eleven seventy if you want to weigh in. I don't like a really thin patty with lots of bread. I'm not into the bread, you know. And I and but I want my bun toast and, and and when it comes to the bread, I want it toasted uh, and I want it garlic. I want it like garlic bread. That's how I want my bun. That's tasty. Yeah. So for the best burger in San Diego, we used to be the Patty Melt Studio Diner. Um, the Studio Diner closed. Unfortunately, I'm not they're, sure they're not around anymore, but man, yeah. they were good. Yeah, they were great. And I also loved um, their Monte Cristo. Who doesn't love a good Monte Cristo? Oh, sign Cristo? me up. Batter dipped ham and turkey and cheese sandwich. My Sir, son and I, when we were actually up in Vegas, there's a, there's a Hawaiian... A family restaurant up there, and they did a Hawaiian version of a Monte Cristo. Oh, it was ever tasty. I love Hawaiian food. I mean, I could I could just do nothing but eat Kahlua pig all day long. And because I mean, that's kind of close to our Kushan delay. Okay, I got to get back to some. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> Skins and I literally could sit and eat and talk about food like all day, every day. Okay, serious story out of Ohio. You know, there's all this stuff about Uvalde death and. The, the children there and this push to exploit that for gun control as though, you know, that's the only way that a kid can die. Really sad story out of Ohio uh, of a young man, 17 years old, named Ethan Liming. Uh, hopefully I'm not mispronouncing his name. <clears throat> Three men accused of murdering him are being held on a one million dollar bond after their court appearance today. Um a new court documents describe more in more detail the events that led to his death on, on June 2nd. Uh, if this was not three black men, young men who murdered this white man, 17 year old, this would be all over the front page news everywhere. Here's what happened. Um, the three killers are Devon Jones, 21, Deshaun Stafford, 20, and Tyler Stafford, 19. They each pleaded not guilty to charges related to the June 2nd beating death. This is a tragedy, regardless of anybody's skin color. Um, and 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 the reason, the only reason why I mention the skin colors here is because of the the false narrative that's being pushed out that the only way the children are dying in this country are by guns. 
Um, they are dying by guns in Chicago, but, you know, in like, what, 20 to 40 on average deaths every weekend in the city that has the greatest amount of gun control. But here's a young man that didn't die as a result uh, of guns. The other the other false narrative in this country is that white supremacy is the, the leading cause, uh, the greatest threat to our country, uh, yet... Um, Mayorkas, I think it was Mayorkas who said as the head of the Department of Homeland Security could not name one case that had been put forward to uh, for prosecution of the Department of Justice uh, regarding white supremacy. Uh, we've got to get back to and this is why also why if, if it was reversed, one of the reasons why we have to point this out, the, the, the racial disparity is that because if the race is if it was reversed, these three men would also be charged with hate crimes legislation. And I propose and I suggest that this story of this young man is equally tragic regardless of what his skin color is. I don't care what anybody's skin color is. I care that this young man at the age of 17, who apparently was a great student, a great athlete, um, was beaten to death. And even as he tried and they took his phone away from him, they took turns. Here's what happened. Let me back up because I want to I want to tell the story. Honestly, this young man and a couple of his friends, this young 17 year old and a couple of his friends were riding around and they were shooting, you know, gel packs um, from from these guns. And they um, shoot and they shot this um, gel, you know, whatever, whatever these little pellets are, you know, out in the direction of these three men who are on a basketball court. So they did provoke a situation. You don't you don't shoot your pellet guns in the direction of anybody. You know, they didn't know these guys. And so that was not a smart move on the part of this 17 year old uh, young man, last name Limey and his two friends. Uh, A fight broke out. And what ended up happening was uh, these three men decided to target just this one young man. And even even after he was down on the ground, they he was trying to call 911 for help they took his phone away from him when the two friends tried to help him and rescue him they took the car and moved the car to the other side of the parking lot denying this man any help look they shouldn't have shot they shouldn't have shot this little pellet thing whatever they did in anybody's direction they were being dopey that's what 70 you were 17 at one point you know what uh, young guys can do stupid things but it, no, but for some reason, they decided to target him and him alone and took turns long after the point in which they had won whatever fight got started and however you think started the fight. And they beat him and beat him and beat him, taking turns until his skull was literally crushed in. This is absolutely devastating. That's that to me is a hate crime. It's one thing to get heated and end up, you know, there used to be fights that took place in high school back in my day. Right. People get in fights and then the principal would come and break them up and then they would go to the principal's office and they get expelled for a few days or suspended for a few days. We didn't have three adult men. Tackling and and beating to death and crushing in the skull of a 17 year old. Now, the parents decided to come out and say that. um one of the, I think it was Deshaun Stafford, 2020, the defense from his mother is basically that he was only 5'5", five, five, like so. He's 5'5", five, five, 130 pounds, and it was just the three of them on the court. What, what, him being 5'5", five, five, what does that have to do with anything? There's no justification. When you have a parent trying to defend your son like that, who just murdered somebody, we got a cultural problem here in this country. The problem we have is culture. It's not guns. And it just goes to show you don't need a gun if you want to murder somebody. 
You just need to hang around with a couple of murdering friends. And and what I want to know is what other what what's the other what's the what's the remaining criminal background? Do you think that these three guys who murdered somebody crushed in his skull have no have no record, have no background anywhere? They're being held on a million dollar bond. Makes you wonder, doesn't it, about their criminal background in Ohio? This is a devastating story. Um, Stafford um, did knowingly cause or attempt to cause serial harm. Uh, beat him more as he was unconscious on the ground. They were stomping and kicking him in the head and crushing his skull. He was already unconscious at that point. As his friends attempted to come to his aid, uh, the suspect took Liming's car and drove to the under, uh, other end of the, of the lot. That, to me, shows premeditation. Taking his phone away from him as he called for help in order at that point while he was still alive shows premeditation. Premeditation just takes a second. These three killers should never see the light of day again. And shame on their parents, or or the one parent at least, who's trying to defend this. Anything you want to say before I take a break, Skins? devastating story i'm just i'm heart sick over it and you know what i'd be equally heart sick regardless of, of the skin color of the victim here no, or the perpetrators disgusting. it's absolutely disgusting we we are churning out in this country somehow we've got animals this was a pack of animals that 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 murdered slaughtered this young man and how do you think people are feeling andrew because they see that people aren't being held accountable and they're almost being encouraged right and you know who else was an animal? The dude, who, the that white dude who drove or who went all the way from California with zip ties and beyond to uh, with the plan to assassinate Kavanaugh. We've got we've clearly got a cultural problem where we and and so much of it goes back to before I take a break. So much of this goes back to Roe v. Wade. That was the initial cultural Marxist play on this country to destroy the fabric of our nation, Judeo Christian principles and values, to devalue life. You, I, I can't help but think that there's a connection to when we first started devaluing life so much in this country to now three kids playing, three young men playing basketball just literally decide in a moment that they are going to murder somebody while he's unconscious and they kick his head in. It's taken us decades to get here, but it's clear of what we've done as a culture. And that's not going to be solved with any a gun control measure or any red flag laws. If these guys didn't have any background check, First of all, they didn't use a gun when they slaughtered him. They used their feet and their hands. But if they had used a gun, would these guys have had uh, violated any, would any any gun control laws like red flags stop them from getting it? All right, we're going to take a break. Final segment to tonight's Andrea K. Show on its way. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. So, during the break, I look up and I see this, what looks like a crazy story that General Motors is is going to be having rental cars for moon trips. I'm like, Skins, check this out. What's going on with this crazy story? What did you, what, uh, what'd you find out? Uh, not so crazy, but uh, GM is definitely looking to make rental cars uh, and take them to the next level to the moon. The automaker is getting together with Lockheed Martin to develop a line of lunar, lunar mobility vehicles. And basically what that's going to do is it's going to provide transportation for manned missions visiting the moon, which is in the works to currently get us back to the moon by 2025. 
Do you think that that's is is a good use of our money when we're thirty trillion dollars in debt? I mean, should we be really doing from a moon science ma- nerd's perspective? I love it. No, from an economical standpoint, worst decision we could do. Right, because we're thirty trillion dollars in debt. Inflation is is going sky high. People are our stock markets tanking. Um, and, and you know, when we know that the moon is not inhabitable, I, I don't know what there's left to to learn by going there. And it just it just seems like dudes want to go off on a toot, as we say. Gotta in find the cheese, Andrea. Right. Well, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I I I am fascinated by oh, space. It's fascinating. I am fascinated by space. Um, I liked watching the Mars the Mars lunar landing thing, or not lunar, but um, the Mars rover. Remember, we watched that. I, I think here from you the know, and I would say if if they're going to put any money towards towards you know these programs. Mars has always been something we've wanted to do. Put it towards, you know, going into that. But we've been, we've been to the moon. This doesn't really seem like it's money well spent. It doesn't. You know, I, and I think that one of the things that we've seen from Blue Horizon, which is, I think, is that Jeff Bezos. And then we've got uh, we've got Elon Musk has his own space things. SpaceX. You know, there's enough trillionaires out there or billionaires that have got enough money Let them to, to fund this. Let them do their thing. This is not what... And, and our government... And by the way, our government isn't particularly good at it if you look at our record. And I encourage everybody to watch the documentary on Netflix about uh, the Challenger because they knew those O-rings were bad on the spaceship. And, you know, uh, the, our government is is... Whatever the enterprise, the, whatever the mission, other than the military, I would tell you that typically uh, private enterprise does it better and more cost effect, more more efficiently, uh, and more cost effectively, and and more safe and safely, more safe safely. So I don't know. I don't think I don't think we need to be spending the money on that. I really don't. No. Again, when we have inflation, that you know, it's driving every single sector, you know, out of control, and we're thirty trillion dollars in debt. I can think of a lot of better ways to spend it. Yeah. How about spending it on drilling? How about how about we we uh, open open more refineries, more natural gas uh, facilities? One burned down in Texas, and initially I didn't report on it because there were a lot of people like, why did this natural gas thing burn down? Well, I think it was clear that there was some lightning strikes. Uh, we are desperately in need. We have enough natural resources in this country to never be energy dependent again and to make a whole lot of buku money as exporting it. That's they just where, refuse to do anything about it. That's where we need to put our put our money into that. We also need to uh, take the jackboot of tyranny off because to fund this, they got to do what? They got to raise they got to raise taxes on us. Right. We're, we're spending our, ourselves to death. We need to uh, allow, you know, um, allow the geniuses in the private sector to do what they do. We need to be focused on bringing jobs back to this country. Hey, think about it. Maybe an AK show from the moon, though. That well, you know what? That uh, there ain't any food up there, is there? I, I don't, don't know. Think so. It's it, you know what? I'm I'm happy to just do my show from the fair on Wednesday night. Okay, I'm going to be at the San Diego County Fair, six to eight p.m. on Wednesday. Hey, our twenty four hour line is eight four four eight one four five two two seven. Open to you twenty four hours a day to tell us what you think and what's on your mind. Peace out. Love you all. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.